0: Hey. Hey. How's it going? Really well. What do you think about technology? I love it. I hate it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my reaction, too. Thinking about this, I was. Half kind of yeah, it's really great. And the other half, no, oh, it's really bad.
1: Mm. And we we couldn't do this if we didn't have technology. But I don't know who would miss it either, except ourselves. But we
0: could write it down on clay yeah. tablets. We but could. But it wouldn't reach a very big audience.
1: <laughs> no, wouldn't. Draw out little cassette tapes out or something. I don't know what where we'd be at. <laughs>
0: Well, the thing that's interesting about technology, I think, is that it's going to be different when my kids have grown up than it is now. And my expectations of what's plausible and possible is going to be totally different. But I was thinking, I was trying to think about what my favorite bit of tech in my life has been. And so I'm going to ask you that first yeah Uh, you had time to
1: think about it that's yeah well honestly
0: it wasn't that it wasn't that easy i thought about loads of things and uh, should i tell you what mine is yeah tell yeah mine was mine was the walkman do you remember the the sony oh yeah it was was like when you could for the first time ever put music in your back pocket and prior to that you basically had to sit at home with Either a cassette player, if anybody knows what they are, or mm-hmm. a vinyl record player, but you were completely bound to the house. I mean, you could walk around with a portable radio, but you then couldn't decide what you were going to play. But I remember getting a, a Walkman, which was literally the size of a brick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was by any standard, you know, if, if I showed a Walkman to my children, they would just think, God, it must be a really powerful computer in there or something. Um, but it was the size of a brick, you know, it it didn't fit in your pocket. It fitted in a small rucksack slung over your back, Mm -hmm. but it was just breathtaking. It enabled me to, I just took the tapes, the cassettes had like a dozen or so strewn around the bottom of the rucksack and I could just be on my bike and listening to music. And for me as a kid at that age, when that technology came around, I loved it because I really liked listening to music back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's
1: an interesting because historically thinking mine would be the record player, the oh, nice. player. and, and the reason f- f- for the same things you said, but when I think back of, you know, I think of all the stuff and crap I use now, I mean, you, a lot of it I use for work and you, yeah, you can watch, you know, stream video would do all that stuff, but the. The cool thing when I think back on those were you could have this really crappy little turntable that was is you know, had a cover on it and you'd snap a close and you could carry it around from room to room, or you could have this elaborate, you know, yes. like in the seventies when they started doing amps and preamps and back amps and amp amps and, you know, whatever <laughs> <laughs> you'd have this huge. I remember my friend, his, brother came back from the service and this was in the 70s and he brought back this humongous record i mean stereo system gigantic speakers um he had like you know i swear it had like 15 parts to it yeah all these things yeah with lights flashing and he set it up when he got back and he put on um I, i'm really dating myself and probably most of the people that won't ever Have you know won't even know this band, but they were called Grand Funk Railroad, and it was this live album, and there was a song that was like about twenty minutes long that was all musical, and he just cranked that up. I remember on his you know his system, and it was like we were just like whoa, you know. I mean, it, it was you know, and and there was, I mean, there were so many pieces you could do. I remember having a big reel to reel with nine-hour tapes on it, you know, the actual tapes, and you could record like eight or nine, ten albums and just put that tape on and listen to it for an entire day if you wanted to. But And and I think the other part of that is the albums themselves. They were, you know, you got these albums, and they always had, maybe sometimes they had the lyrics in them, sometimes they told a little bit of story. The artwork was always... Like wow, look at this! I mean, especially in the seventies, the artwork sixties you know, and seventies got really crazy and wild and stuff, and it was almost like a—I don't want to say a painting on the wall, but you could sit there and <laughs> stare at your album yeah. and just, you know, I mean, it—it it was truly a piece of art. It was not just this whatever, you know, somebody's face. Well, there was, you know, times when it was the band on the cover and stuff, but it was, yeah, when I think back on that, that was the most enjoyable. And I was like, you I love music. I had like 600 albums. Yeah. I had this collection of so many albums. And yeah, that probably was my favorite because it was so, it was something you really enjoyed and used a lot. And you could always, yeah, you could get different things. And, you know, everything kind of, you know, I I remember hanging on to that reel reel for quite a long time just because it was it
0: was just what it was. Nostalgia. You'd got so yeah. many memories attached to it. I, I just love the fact that it brought something into my life. That mm-hmm. you know, like music in particular, it brought that was brought into my home and and I really wanted to see those bands. And, you know, maybe once in a year I'd go and see one of them drive the car with my family or whatever and go and see one of those bands but typically there's no way that i was going to ever hear their music unless somehow i could get it and and that all you know these record shops started springing up and and then it all moved to cassettes and then cds and whatever the medium i just loved the fact that it was possible to do that but the the cassette player just hit the point in when i was at an age where i could afford to buy one and so i could transport the music wherever i went I used to go all every, basically everywhere I went. I went on my bike, and I would just sling it in the back, and mm-hmm. and off I would go. And I I thoroughly loved it. You were speaking about record plays. We had a record player in our house, but it was truly old. Um, it had valves, and it was like a piece of furniture in that it was about it was about four foot mm, three foot high. Those console type wide. of things. Yeah, it's about six feet wide and you opened up this it was all made of solid oak or something. Mm-hmm. So it looked like a piece of I mean it was polished veneered sorry, not veneered, like lacquered oak. And you'd pull up one half and there was the record player sort of buried down almost like in a like a sink. And you would, you know, you'd get the record out, and there was this little thing which you'd like the the, the bit in the middle, I don't even know what that bit's called, but the, the bit in the centre. Has it got a word? Spindle, I think. The spindle. Okay, the spindle in the middle. Rather than it being like half an inch high or something, it was about six inches high. (laughs) And about halfway up, they had this little catch, which would capture the record so that you could basically stack the next record that you were going to play later on top of it, and then you would click this little bit underneath, and it would drop down. I mean, honestly, the utility <laughs> of that, I don't know, but the sound, by any standard, was appalling. But I loved it. Oh, I, I know, absolutely it is. Loved it. Yeah. And me we and my brother used to sort of sit there and just go like habitual, going through record again and again and again. It was. Oh great. yeah,
1: and I'm sure it was. You know, I mean, we had one. That we had a few of those. You know, throughout the time I grew up, my. Mom had them in the living room. It was, it was a piece of furniture. It made, you know, it made your record player look wonderful and stuff. And, but the, the interesting thing about the the stacking, I remember that because there was one point, I don't, I think they removed it or something because they thought, you know, it, Probably damages the records because they fall on top of each other. exactly. You know, one's spinning and this one goes and I don't know if it scratches or, you know, it wasn't really practical in the sense of probably long term, but boy, it was cool when you could stack those, (laughs) you know, and they even had, I believe they had, um, I remember the 45s, you know, the smaller little records, they had thick ones. Fat ones for those that you could stack on, like you know, seven, eight, ten, forty fives. <laughs> and it was—I remember—it would go down on top of that spindle, and it would—it was like an adapter. Except you didn't call it back then; you just called it the thing for the forty fives. And you'd shove it on there, and you could—you could pile up your forty fives as well.
0: My friend, he had—he had an incredible. His his father was the local butcher. And he was loaded. Seemingly being a butcher makes you incredible... You know, they had like a speedboat and like the most comprehensive record system. And when I was about 12, I went round to his house and he'd got this brand new state-of-the-art record system. And I can't remember who made the record player, but it was like one of those funky German words that they make like three a year or something, you know, and his father got one of them. And and it had this... the, The needle... Because the intention with the needle was just to get it to graze the record, wasn't it? That mm-hmm. The less you could make it be forced into the vinyl, the more times you could play the record. Because my understanding is that typically if you play a record about a thousand times, you basically have worn the, the vinyl groove away and you've got to replace it. So yeah. the intention was to have a, a needle which was just barely floating above the surface. And this record player had this elaborate system of weights and pulleys On the other end, the end at the the opposite end to the needle, on like fishing wire. So there were these like clear little wires, and there was three or four of them just all over the place, and you had to expertly tune them. Did it sound any better? Probably not, but it was was kind (laughs) of fun to look at it. On the on the other flip side, I got a really cheap record player for my birthday one year. I mean, so cheap, that... It was almost unplayable, and I had to take the opposite approach. I used to get old toy cars and put them on the needle <laughs> at the end on the record, you know, so you're basically forcing that mother down. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I've had a, a couple of those. <laughs> 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 and if the little car fell off, you get that noise, go to the end. And the joy of getting to the end of a record and listening, especially late at night when you weren't supposed to be listening to records and you got through to the end of it and then in the morning you woke up and there was still that yeah, as the record was just still going. That was so yeah. good. <laughs> you know, there <laughs> were, I, I remember
1: that as as they got a little bit more modern or or probably like you said, it was just something to tinker with. I remember that a lot of the arms would have weights this yeah. screwing thing you'd so you'd screw it to balance it right and it really when i really think about it i, I it did it was pointless <laughs> because you know i mean if you did it too much one way yeah it wouldn't work yeah. it would jump really Just rise it would off bop off <laughs> yeah you know and sometimes it would wander over have its own life and <laughs> creep above the record like some kind of radar or something but but yeah it was strange because you would you would then you would adjust it down a bit more and i don't know if you know really what the point was um but it, we we did it
0: and we thought it was great and it was like people wow sold them so yeah, people yeah. bought them yeah the, 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 quir- the quirkiest record player i ever saw was one where the record spun so instead of it being horizontal the record was placed in vertically and the needle was rather than it being gravity that held it on it was some kind of motor that pushed it onto the record but it it meant that you could play both sides Mm. so you didn't have
1: to flip it over
0: yeah so I mean how lazy is that so (laughs) you didn't even have to flip it over it would get to the end of one side that needle would be pulled out and then you'd get to the other side but as a result it was truly huge you know it was like the size of a TV screen (laughs) and if you just loaded the record in but people got rid, do, do you remember how, like, fussy certain audiophiles could get about the, the mere handling of a record incorrectly? No! No! no. no. Don't, don't don't the vinyl! <laughs> you know the And then they have to get out their special <laughs> special cloth, which, I don't yeah. know, was manufactured on on the moon or something, yeah. so that they could wipe down the vinyl, yeah. relig- you yeah. know, just really taking the curve yeah. into account and all oh, of yeah. that. Yeah. Special yeah. brushes to clean off the needle. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, the special
1: brush is the little dust that would collect on the needle sometimes—and yeah. yeah, and and you would hold up the record, you know, kind of shine the light on it. Oh, I see fingerprints. Yes, Ooh, panic. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, gotta wipe them. <laughs> we, we used to have a show in the UK called Record Breakers, and it it wasn't like smashing vinyl. It was like people who broke world records, and there was this one guy, and he had the most peculiar uh, world record. He could he could read more vinyl just by looking at it than anybody else so if you gave him a record and he and and you'd basically masked out the middle who the artist was and what the song was he could he could just look at the grooves and he could figure out what the line was and what the percussion was doing and stuff like that because of the grooves and he could do some some number of thousands of songs just by tilting the tilting the record and getting the light to bounce off it you could figure out what they were and i yeah. thought to myself even as a child i thought what a complete waste of time yeah <laughs> what a talent I mean you know it's what are you like, doing with your life yeah really yeah <laughs> yeah I thought he got on record
1: breakers yeah He's a genius. The, I guess if the label got ripped off or something you know he could come in
0: handy you know can you tell me what record this is That's but... right he was the Shazam of the day he was that guy <laughs> yeah. who turned up to parties and all the labels have gone for some reason what's this one well I can tell you uh, yeah for really. a small fee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but okay stepping away from uh, stepping away okay. from audio um they're our inventions which we like okay well, let's take the net a bit wider what do you reckon the the greatest invention of all time is and i've got to say the one that i've ended up with is not what i expected i've been completely steered by something that i read online should i tell you what it is should yeah you tell you what my thought yeah. of it is yeah and i'll give you a chance to think this is so counterintuitive well at least i think it's counterintuitive the greatest, most important discovery of all time or, or invention of all, all time is not that long ago, but it's it's not within our lifetimes. Check it out. The light bulb. And I was thinking to myself as I was reading this, it was an article in some important journal, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll suck it up. Let's see what the arguments were. And basically, before the light bulb, more or less half the day was unusable you Mm know you would be colliding with things you'd be bashing into things you certainly couldn't work you couldn't read everything would have to close down you wouldn't find it easy going to like a shop to go and buy something the shop itself would be closed or in pitch darkness so this this sudden ability to flick a switch so obviously you know along comes electricity for the ride that needed to be invented and, and we're assuming that we're standing on the shoulder of that giant but suddenly this one invention, and I believe it was Edison, Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. um, he, he just made the entire day serviceable by all human beings. And for that reason alone, it's con- it is considered by the article I read to be the greatest invention of all time. And I just think that's really interesting. You know, I would have thought things like, I don't know the discovery of fire which i know isn't an invention yeah. or something along those lines or gunpowder or something but no i can see why this has totally transformed the ability for us to just do things at 24 7 right and it makes sense to me
1: have, have you ever you know when the you know storm or whatever electricity goes out in your house how many times do you flip the light on yeah yeah you know i mean i can i don't go over and do that with the tv you know i don't keep going oh oh whoa i'm stupid but i'll walk around the room i'll go in a room and even though it's been it could have been the power could have been out for you know five hours what will i do i'll reach over to the wall and turn on that stupid light like and then i'll go yeah
0: and it's so it's just so normal yeah it Um, is completely take it for granted that any, any human-occupied space is flooded with light. My, my understanding is they're now trying to kind of curtail that because there's this thing called light pollution, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know, I presume, like, I don't know, maybe for migratory birds or insects or something, maybe it does actually have an impact, but it's it's just that it kind of spoils our ability to enjoy the night sky and things like that. And so in the UK, they're slowly but surely replacing all of the street lights with these ones where not only are they far dimmer and using less power because they've all got LEDs, but none of the light leaks out upwards. All of it is focused directly down. Whereas the old-fashioned ones, you know, 50% of it would sort of like go horizontal and then lots of that would leak out up. So if you looked at the night sky, you couldn't really see anything. Whereas now from my street, which has had all of these put in, I don't know, a decade or more ago. Now it's just really dark. If you look up, you can't see any light at all. It's just complete blackness. It's nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I just had a thought. No, This is going back on technology is... And, and it made me think when you were talking about that record that plays both sides, you know, it's like technology... Comes and it seems like as it continues to grow, it's just a thing to say, "Hey, don't get off your fat lazy ass because you don't want yeah. to do things," <laughs> yeah. you know. And and you think of you know, I mean, you think of that. You think of when the uh, a TV first got its remote controls. You know, you oh, didn't yeah. have to walk five feet and change oh, it. Yeah. Oh, God forbid you had to do that. And how everything has, pro- I mean, nowadays progressively, it's it's like. You know, those were little elements that they did along the way, but now it's like everything has to be. You know, I mean, yeah, it, everything has to be. You know, stand, sit in your room, and I mean, I don't have one, but sit in your room and talk, and yes. have it talk to you. Yeah, because yeah. you can't take the time to,
0: or the, you know, yeah, it, it's crazy. I but- guess, I guess, most of the technology that I come into contact with is about is about removing uh my my need to do anything often physically yeah you know so like you said the the remote control and things like that you know and and so on and the i don't know there's a whole myriad of things that you could mention but it's basically to put comfort into your life where before you know thousand years ago there was discomfort and and what have you so there's probably all this technology behind how beds work and technology behind how sofas are manufactured and technology behind screens and TVs and radios and all right. that kind of thing. But I guess there's another side to it, the bit that I don't normally see. You know, like if I worked in a hospital or something like that and I, I'd, I was using an MRI scanner then that's not really for comfort is it that one's for kind of like helping people out but i don't mm-hmm. i'm not in contact with any of that stuff if i if i'm trawling on amazon for the next bit of technology to buy it's usually something to make my fat ass fatter <laughs> yeah, exactly that's it you know <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's a
1: comfort but it's 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 a comfort of laziness you know i mean it it provokes everybody to just you know want to sit and just have everything at their fingertips and, and yeah. And as a kid, you know, I'm sure it's the same way they talk about kids being glued to technology versus, you know, what we were like back in our days when we were kids, I mean, you, you know, technology, I I remember when I got my first transistor radio, that was like that, that, to me, that is kind of, that almost for technology going a little bit in the past again, that to me is another thing that I think is one of the biggest technologies was a radio. Yeah. And it's, you know, I kind of miss that. I mean, I guess you can listen to, you know, radio in your car. Nobody, nobody carries around a radio. No, not anymore. No. And, you know, I mean, it was cool it was and they were bulky and they were you know pain in the butt and they'd have their little antenna you'd pull out and everything but it was i i still you know radio to me audio is still wins over visual i enjoy it a lot more you know i wonder and, and
0: if there were people like in your generation who were like the elderly people when you were a kid who were just looking at you and like totting It's so like oh look this this Look at that, look at that transistor radio. Yeah, look, at it. It, look at it eating Bob's mind alive. You know, <laughs> and, look it's, at it. and it's just,
1: annoying as hell because he yeah, carries but, it
0: everywhere. But yeah, and and look, look at look at how he's just wasting his time listening to music when he could be reading a book. Yeah, and then if you go yeah. back like 400 years when Gutenberg invented the printing press, <laughs> there's all the elderly people hanging around Gutenberg's children going. Look at that kid with his head in the paper, wasting his time, his time when, when he could be, be out doing plowing something the else. fields. <laughs> yeah, and then there's me looking at my children with their with their iPads and all, that going, "Look at those kids with their heads buried in the screen, <laughs> wasting their time." Yeah, and yeah, my, I'm guessing that when my kids have got kids, it'll be, "Look at those kids with their heads." who knows <laughs> take take the vr headset off they're wasting their time yeah and exactly it, we we feel like we've always got some sort of there's a, there's always an apocalypse just over the horizon with there technology. is
1: everything is you know it's like um yeah it's it's um the saturday night live in the tv show over here in america used to have this back in the 80s grumpy old man you know and he would that was his whole monologue was just oh, bitching about things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Dana Carvey, I think did it, but it, it's true. It's like, you know, Oh yeah. We, and we yeah. had to do, you know, <laughs> talking about the light, you know, we had to read by candle at night, you know, we had to walk 10 miles in the snow, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, there's, there's always, yeah. You're always going to reflect back on things. And I, I find it interesting now everybody's, collecting vinyl they don't call them records you know it's vinyl it's, it's lps vinyl. you know it's cool. and it's and then now they get they go in and they get these nice you know players and everything so some of this stuff nostalgic wise but it's you know it comes back around or whatever i don't think 8-track um tapes will ever come back around you know um, no let's on
0: some level let's pray not i (laughs) mean because although we're nostalgic (laughs) for them they were a bag of shite oh Uh, they were they were the most (laughs)
1: terrible things you'd have that player in your car and it was like oh the greatest thing in the world and your speakers and annoy everybody
0: (laughs) in the background I haven't even got a way to play my cassettes anymore. I actually dug out some cassettes when we moved house. There were some cassettes in the attic, about 300 of them, of music that I'd bought. And then I thought, oh, these are great. I really want to damn it, I've got nothing to play them with. <laughs> I've destroyed ev- or thrown away everything. So they're completely obsolete. I'm sure I can get some of them. I, I bet somebody somewhere is still selling cassette, cassette players. but Yeah. Nah, yeah. We, nah.
1: I was in, not to go back to music too much, but I, when I was in Nashville at a conference, Um, some people took me to the Johnny cash museum, which I'm not a huge fan of Johnny cash, but Johnny cash Mm -hmm. is Johnny cash. So you have to go in the museum and it was interesting. One of the things they had was you could listen to the same song. They had these earphones and you could listen to it from the time it was recorded on a very, very, very first vinyl to what it's recorded on now, you know, CD, eight track cassette record player, and you could tell the difference in quality each generation of technology and stuff. So technology and privacy. I know you love technology and privacy.
0: Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think privacy. So we we can basically just expend with privacy. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> I think yeah. we're, we're sort of <laughs> going to move into a world where there is no privacy. I'm going to just rewind back to your audio thing quickly because yeah. I remember the exact moment I heard a CD. It was at the same kid's house. The kid with the elaborate stereo, you know, uh, record player. His dad bought the first CD player of anybody I knew, and he had a Genesis CD. And do you remember in the day when CDs came out, they would they would write on the CD, like ADD, AAD, DDD, and it was a measure of how it had been recorded, how it had been processed, vaguely and remember how it was that. going to be played. And if it was DDD, 3Ds, then it had been digitally recorded, digitally mastered, and, and obviously you were playing it on the digital thing. So that was full-on digital. And it was this Genesis song, and I never liked Genesis, but the beginning of this song had this, like, I don't even know what it was it was it was it was rhythm, so there was not really harmony to it, but it was this sound sort of bopping around left right and and I remember taking the headphones off and saying, "What was that and I thought there was something in the room because i I couldn't conceive of something sounding that perfect oh you know there interesting. was just no hiss. It, the sound just began and normally with vinyl you get the you know you yeah. drop down the needle and you get the and then yeah. you're preparing for the yeah. song and you play a cassette and you get the and you but this thing just instantly began with this thing and i was like what what the and and i that i was really shocked by it and from that moment on i camped in their house until they listen to your cd <laughs> yeah. just absolutely you know I,
1: yeah i remember somebody i know I, I can't remember listening to it the first time but just real quickly, I remember it was quite the contraption. He he got one of the very first CD players, and it cost like I don't know two three grand or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was very expensive too, and yeah, it was a, it was an amazing um, next step and stuff compared to. I think that was probably the biggest transition in audio is that point in time as far as quality and stuff. Oh, but,
0: um, you can't yeah. you can't really imagine. I don't I don't suppose there'll be another. Breakthrough in quality, maybe the will because Apple are trying to push this kind of what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like their slogan is something like first there was mono, then there was stereo, and now there's, and I think it begins with an R, it's something like I don't know, reflexive audio, or I can't remember, Mm, but they're trying to push this technology where in your regular headphones. You're going to be able to perceive space much better, and I've never listened to it. And anybody that I know who has listened to it thinks it's a bit like, meh. You know, yeah, I was
1: going to say, how much more can you really?
0: Quadraphonic was the thing, and it never really yeah, took quadru- off for a reason. Yeah, We've only got no. two ears; that's as many. It's probably as yeah, many as we need. Yeah. But we were talking earlier about like curmudgeons, you know, people who just sort of slag off the current generation for the. For the, tech, for the any technology that comes along and how it's going to ruin everybody's lives. I do wonder if there's some truth in that, though. I do wonder if there is this inexorable decline in our attention spans because of technology. And I know that I'm saying that from the point of view of where I am. And obviously, my parents would have looked at me and had the same exact thought, and their parents had the same exact thought. But it's it really is, you only have to go back 100 years before there was no technology of any meaningful mm. way in your house, you know, people were still getting oranges and wooden dolls for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> so there was a technology, and it was a doll, and you could play with it, but it, it wasn't really sort of doing anything. It was, cons- it was, it was helping your imagination. Yeah, I, I do wonder if in the kind of like the YouTube generation, I do, I do worry if the uh, if the imagination processing gets dialed down a little bit. But yeah. then I guess if you keep that argument going backwards what you're basically wanting everybody to be is a caveman. Yeah. You know you just, that's true. you just want everybody to live in a cave and have nothing of any pleasure except a club and even a club technology can't use the yeah. club got to use your hands. Yeah. Okay. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that's interesting because I I think that it's true. I mean myself I pretty much You know, I use a lot of technology that's current technology and stuff, but there are certain things that, and it's to me, it never is that, oh, this is, um, you know, why do we need this or something? But the one thing I do notice with technology is, and my wife and I are both this way, I read a lot Yep. and I, I sincerely enjoy reading more than I do watching TV or a movie. I do. Because I, you know, and Judy's even more so that way. I like the being able to use my own imagination. And I feel like that's something that, like you said, is taken away. And that is, it makes you wonder, you know, if you can have a nice balance, I don't think there's anything wrong with watching TV and stuff,
0: but if you have that nice balance to still use your brain a bit more, um, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because if you, if you like watch a if you go to watch a movie, and I, again, I don't suppose either of us are trying to make the point that you know this is all a massive moral decline and everybody needs no to be no aware no moral panic. It's it's more that like I, I do think you're right. I get the pleasure out of reading a book because I find that my mind is taking over, and you know you always get that dissonance when you've read a book and then you watch the film and you go no. No, that's not how it looks. No. No, 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 no. That thing was big and blue. You've made it small yeah, really. and orange. I don't know yeah. what you were thinking. And, yeah. But also the fact that you're in competition, it's like a bit of an arms race. Trying to, You've got to persevere with a book. It doesn't matter where, you, you know, everybody's beginning on page one. And it's very rare that you get to the 10th page of a book and say, I am hooked. There's no way I'm not going to finish this book. Whereas by the end of the first 20 seconds of a film... You can be like, "Whoa, yeah, I am exactly. totally hooked." You know, so it's just it just the in, the ingesting of the information from a film yeah. and the, the the way that they can make it look so dramatic is so powerful.
1: And it's got that our you know, and everybody talks about it, our attention spans are shorter and shorter, so they have to draw you in quick.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you know,
1: they gotta hook you in, or they've lost you because people are a lot more impatient. Yeah, you've got and, to get over and, the hump
0: with a book, haven't you?
1: Yeah, you do. And some books are, some are better that way. you got to grasp, get the person's attention at the beginning. But if you read some of the old classics, you know, some of them, my God, you're in 150 pages. And it's like, whoa, you know, they just spent that much just describing that period in time. And it was like, oh, wow. But yeah. then, you know, some people love that descriptive part of it. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of... I mean, you know, I I don't think any, it's like, as long as people have a variety of technology, if, if you can just not get so inundated in one kind of medium or something that your brain just becomes, you know, like, you know, it's basically a movie is going to tell you exactly what it looks like and how it looks like. And you may have, you know, scenes where they skip that you can use your imagination for a matter of five sec- seconds and say, oh, wonder what happened there between this time and that time. And then it's over with, you know, because you have to refocus on the movie. You can't with a book, you can kind of pause
0: and ponder for a moment yeah. if you want to. So, yeah. Well, I guess you I can do, pause I, a movie, but nobody does that. It's interesting, though, because I've kind of blended technology with my book. So I want to read it. I want to I want to glance, cast my eyes over it. But I've, got, I've bought an e-reader. Oh, yeah. I like, I, have a Kindle. I like the convenience of having, you know, I don't know, 100 books or whatever I've got on there. And I'm going on holiday next week. And the fact that that one thing, which is the width of a pencil, can carry more than I could read in a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I tried to carry the same number of books, I'm not going on holiday because my baggage allowance is exceeded just by paper. Yeah, uh, get to the well, airport. It's like I'm sorry, you can't go. It's there's just yeah. there's too much paper. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, okay. So let's cast the, the the net a bit wider again. Is there any technology that like that you wish did exist? Um, so I always wished, right, and I still wish, and it's a ridiculous wish because I don't mm. I don't really wish for this, but mm-hmm. I kind of wish that there was a device that allowed me to fly. Like yeah, with would... almost no consequences at all. So forget the the fact that it would probably destroy the environment by consuming and yeah. burning fossil fuels or something like that. I'm I'm thinking something with such low friction, like it's just like getting out a bike. You just yeah. go into the garage, whip out the bike and off you go. And all of a sudden you're going 10 times the speed that you can walk and it's dead cool. Yeah. Um, something like that where you just go into the garage, whip out your flying machine <laughs> and just fly
1: yeah i think i I think most humans want to fly everybody you know i mean i have talked about that and people dream about it
0: oh yeah
1: i would dreamed i was flying it was such a cool feeling you know and i think it's it's something that yeah it's it's um yeah and and you don't you don't want to you know th- that's the thing is thinking of things and not think of all the logistics and how the hell do we all get everybody up in the air without killing each other
0: and, and yeah, like that's right. you know, like yeah. whoa, that was a it's enjoyable fight. for the first four seconds until you <laughs> yeah. collide with your neighbour, who's also got the same desire to go out on the on the flight thing this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, it's weird. your own private yeah. little runway, wouldn't you, in your back garden? Yeah, um, but it's getting there with drones, isn't it? That's kind of like a taste of it.
1: Yeah, it's um, kind of that living through. It's kind of living through it vicariously. You know, yes. because you're able to think of, experience it. Now, you know, there is a hang gliders, the people that do that, hang gliding. Yeah. which yeah, you right. You know, which is, I mean, I, I think it looks great, but I I think I would probably, I'd kill myself. So I yeah, have right. chosen not to do
0: it. It's it just and, in a, in, and in a measure of how, you know, lazy I am, you know, talking about getting a fat ass earlier. <laughs> Like, just the impediment. like I can't be bothered to go to some airport or, like, place where, you know, they take these things off officially. I want to do it from the garage. Yeah. I want to be able to get my yeah. flying thing yeah. out from the garage and do it whenever I please. Yeah, I don't want to be taken up into the sky with a plane at great cost. I just, I just want to fly, and I want to fly now. <laughs> Basically, I want to be Iron Man. I think yeah. that's what's going that's, on. You want to be,
1: okay. <laughs> you, you want to be like a bird, <laughs> yeah, basically, you
0: know. <laughs> Are there any inventions that you wish didn't exist? Are there any mm. inventions? And I don't mean you. Maybe. Well, maybe it's like you personally. Like you wish the telly had never come along because you know. You, you
1: know, just, I don't from, wish. I, I don't wish anything wouldn't because there's always a time and place for it. I mean, somebody yeah. could say, "Oh, I wish." Cars weren't out because now there's too many cars or something. But then you'd think, well, you know, how, how the heck would we get around? I mean, yep. it would be a step back in time. Everything is a convenience. So it's hard to actually say something sucks so much that it's, um, you know, because it always served a purpose. I mean, you could get into any kind of you could get into guns and say, you know, anti gun. But there was a reason that guns were created so any piece of technology is there's a reason for it and there, you know it's how people use it or how annoyed you become with it doesn't yeah that's an interesting question is there something with you
0: well i mean it's exactly what you said in that everything's got a benefit or at least i think it does yeah but there are certain things which i just i just wish hadn't have been invented but Also, you know, there's other um, analogous inventions that are basically similar that I wish had been invented. So I guess one of the things for me would be like, you know, nuclear weapons. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, but then again, the technology that creates the nuclear weapon also for a lot of people creates their power. And I know that a lot of people think that nuclear power stations are really terrible ideas, but put that to one side for a minute it's it's providing a lot of power and unless there's a catastrophic breakdown in that technology or the or the plant it's relatively safe couch those words however you like but the the bomb bit i just think no no that's no. just a stupid idea why don't we get no, rid that of that no that is a stupid idea
1: yeah you know I let's agree. make
0: a bomb that's so big that we if, if just a handful of them are set off in strategic places we're just like wiped out 80% yeah. of the world's population yeah that just, is the mm, one
1: yeah that is one that's that's a good example it
0: doesn't, doesn't strike me as a really no. great idea i was listening to a podcast the other day this this is a fascinating thought right and it, it there's this um it, this guy was a moral philosopher and i've actually forgotten his name and he he, taught, he his philosophy is on the the sort of the 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 way that um, technology connects with moral philosophy. And he's got this idea called the urn, right? And so imagine there's an urn, and you can't look inside the urn, but you can put your hand in, and you can take out a ball. And the ball is, let's call them white. And there's thousands of balls in the urn. And every time somebody invents something, what they're basically doing is pulling a ball out of an urn because they have no idea what the technology will be used for in the future. So let's say somebody invents, let's say somebody invents the cathode ray tube and they, so they've pulled the cathode ray tube ball out of the urn. And then in the future, people make like, I don't know, oscilloscopes with it and televisions and, and ultimately nobody dies. And somebody else pulls another ball out and it's penicillin and, you know, it can go off in this direction. And then somebody takes another ball out and it's, I don't know, it's the discovery of how to formulate heroin or something like that. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's got good and it's got bad. But all of them haven't got the capacity to wipe us out. But what if there's one black ball in there? There's just yeah. one black ball in there that if you pull that out, it's totally inevitable that it'll be catastrophic. Yeah. And by its definition, we have no idea what that ball will look like, what it'll be. So it could be, I mean, you could argue it'll be like, I don't know, AI. You could argue that it could be some kind of like power system or it could be some sort of weaponry. But the moment it's discovered, or a better example might be some sort of virus. You know, somebody just pulls out, invents a virus in a lab somewhere and they have no idea that, that, that it's going to wipe everybody out, but it does. Yeah. And you just think, man, that's curious. Such an interesting yeah, idea. We're it all is. And pulling when the think, balls out.
1: Yep. And you think of everything, it's everything that has been invented and has been used in different ways and then ends up being used in a way that's detrimental, dangerous, you know. People take, I mean, it, it's true. And, and and this, this is really a bizarre thing. This is how my head works. And maybe that's why most people don't like to talk to me very long, <laughs> but it's, it, it's, I'm thinking of how you perceive things too, is like, I mean, I could go back as, as simple as let's say the guy who's sitting out in front of a hardware store and a little, um, southern state and it's dusty and all crappy and he's playing his guitar he's playing an old hank williams song and he loves his guitar and it's the best thing in the world and then the next thing he knows that he sees his kid watching um tv and they're watching a, a video of kiss the band kiss with their tongues ticking out and their guitars at all these different colors and suddenly his perception of a guitar changes really quickly because yeah. it's like how can they put out that what is that they're using that guitar for? Because he was just playing this nice Hank Williams song. So everything does. It's like it's how it's used. And we suddenly, we are very, we have selective likes of technology. We like it when it does this, but we don't like it when it's used for this.
0: Yeah. But we've also never come up with a technology which is kind of guaranteed to just get rid of us all. Yeah. Oh, no. And And that that, would be... that, that was what this no, guy was sort I, that, of arguing. Going that back there to there may you be a saying, black ball in there. That the minute yeah, so it comes the, out, it's like, oh my lord, that's it.
1: Yeah, and that's the other end of the spectrum is the extreme. So it's yeah. like you know, you look at one thing and then you look at the other thing, and it's like,
0: where's that black ball?
1: Yeah, it makes it's
0: do it's creepy
1: have, and very horrifying to think about.
0: Actually. Yeah, do you, it's a bit dark, isn't it? This do you ever have? <laughs> do you ever have that moment where you just sort of sit and you wish that all technology was gone out of your life and you were basically that? You know, I mean. The guy with the Hank Williams sitting on the balcony. There's a bit of technology in his in that yeah. guy's life, but but not a lot. Do you ever wish for it all to just be sort of swept away and wake up one morning and everybody, not just you, but all the technology's gone and we're all back to a, some sort of uh I don't know, some sort of way of life which on paper at least looks a lot more meaningful. Simple. Yeah. Simple. You that's know. the word.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is. And then but then everything creeps in. You start thinking, well, but you know, would I want to be without this particular thing? That's right, especially so, medicine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you, you know, it's like you can't win. You know, it, it is. I guess there's but no it, perfect isn't, world. But isn't
0: that what most people do when they go on holiday? They kind of like, yeah. they do a bit of that. They do a yeah. bit of like, just get rid of all the stuff A yeah. a week where there's none of the stuff. Yeah, uh, just relax for a bit. Right, exactly. Yeah, there you go. I think we've nailed technology.
1: Yep. Yep. The black ball. We'll leave it with that.